Welcome to Taking Charge of My Cancer podcast, episode 29. I have a great guest today, Dr. Coy Haldermont. He's a medical oncologist here at UF, and I have the pleasure to work with him in the last, um, I believe, like 14 years since I've been doing this. Um, he, like I mentioned before, he is a part of the division of hematology and oncology here at UF. And in addition, he's a lysosomal storage disease specialist. He helped establish and directs the pediatric and adult multidisciplinary lysosomal storage disease clinic here at UF. He performs scenographs of breast cancer into mice to develop better breast cancer treatment approaches. He specializes in mouse models of disease and use of experimental treatment. And as a breast oncologist, he's nearly aware of the shortcomings of conventional therapies for breast cancer, and in particular, inflammatory breast cancer. His laboratory is currently performing studies on patient-derived xenograft tumors in collaboration with several investigators at the University of Florida. And these were obtained from um, Dr. Alana Wilm Laboratory, as well as characterizing with respect to expression levels of estrogen receptor, progesterone receptor, HER2, EGFR, and HER3, as well tumor histology. In addition to these models, they have their own patient derivative xenograft models and genetically, genetically engineered mouse models of P53 and BRCA1. Deficit to allow drug testing in an individualized manner to better serve our patients. In addition, with the lysosomal storage disease specialist, he's been helping with the multidisciplinary help uh, team here at UF. Welcome to Taking Charge of My Cancer podcast, episode 20. I am Dorley Munoz, your host, and I have a pleasure to have a very special guest today, Marina Blackford. Marina is a mom, dental hygienist, and two-time breast cancer survivor. She received the news that she had a stage two breast cancer one week after qualifying for the Boston Marathon. She will have 16 chemotherapy infusions and a double mastectomy surgery and still run the Boston Marathon as a cancer survivor that next year. That's amazing, Marina. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you. Five years later, she will start her YouTube channel to pay forward tips to other cancer fighters. During that time, she will be diagnosed with breast cancer again. What could have been the worst time of her life was turned out with her will to fight and live well each time. She documented her journey and tips for other cancer fighters and survivors, including a viral, what I wish I knew before starting chemo, YouTube video. You can find her traveling with her family, being active and live streaming with her YouTube community. So thank you so much for doing this. And yes. you're amazing. It's like, I when I was reading your bio, I'm like, oh my God, she went through all this and did a, a, a Boston Marathon. So just, just right then is telling me that no matter what happened to you, nothing is going to stop you when you really work hard for what you want to do, right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. So you want to tell us a little bit about you. So with your journey a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I was young, you know, I was 31 when I was training to qualify for the Boston marathon and I had tried for three years cause it's very hard to do, 
you know, two years and failed. And I was on my third year and I was just so determined and I was able to do it. It's a huge feat in the running world. And one week later, I would have a biopsy that came back positive for breast cancer. So it was the highest and the lowest point in my life in like a week span, you know, at that time. And I, you know, as scary as that was, I took that tenacity and just applied it to my cancer journey because I had one year to get to Boston. When you qualify, you run the next year and you cannot defer it for any reason, including cancer. Wow. So you can tell them I got cancer. Can I run it the next year? And the answer is no. So I was, that was my goal. And so I used all my marathon training to help me with my cancer journey. I, be, I became just used all the routine things that could help you, you know, down to what I was eating and how I was sleeping and any natural aids. And so when I did that, I, I noticed a difference in how I felt on the cancer journey. And then I realized that I had to share these tips with other people. Amazing. Amazing. So glad that we're doing this. Yes. Uh, were you, so you're a dental hygienist. You're still practicing. Yes. Still practicing dental hygienist 15 years. Okay. And so I am a healthcare provider. And so I know what it's like to be on both sides, be a patient and be the healthcare provider, you know, mm-hmm. diagnosing and, you know, co-treatment planning with patients. So um, communicating was something that has helped me with everything to this point, you know, my YouTube channel, but helped me personally advocate for myself. And so I'm really thankful that I've had the experience as a healthcare provider too. Awesome. Perfect. So what will be three valuable tips? And I'm sure you have a thousand valuable tips, but if you can yeah. pick three that you have learned through your journey as a cancer survivor, what will be that? Yes. Uh, top three tips. Number one would probably be to is acceptance. And it's there's more to that, but accepting, you know, current situations. And I feel like there's a lot of growth that comes with acceptance, you know, because being diagnosed with cancer is incredibly hard, incredibly scary, Mm -hmm. and you feel so out of control. But when you stop fighting, you know, where you're at, I feel like you can start doing something about it. So acceptance for me on many parts of the journey. Um, But my second tip would be to ask for help. And that's something I was not good at before the cancer journey at all. I was very independent. I mean, just think of it, a marathon runner. I can go out and run by myself every day. I can just step foot outside my door and do it. But it required having cancer required me to accept help. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because we've been doing life ourselves since we've, you know, flown the nest kind of thing. So uh, accepting help. And the third thing I would say is to be your own advocate in this process, you know, there are healthcare providers that are there to help you along the way. But sometimes if you don't ask the question or bring up, you know, issues you're having, they don't know how to direct you. So you really have to speak up for yourself during this whole process. Mm -hmm. Yes, That's, that's very valuable. And you know, I hear that on almost every podcast I have done, not just from the patient standpoint, but everybody involved with you guys because mm-hmm. I think as a human beings you're right we wanted to do it alone we don't want to bother our husbands or mm-hmm. our family and we don't want to worry them and we just take it all and and we don't have to take it all right mm-hmm. so when you just share that so that was really good how about your most painful lesson 
my most painful lesson, well, that, that goes back to my tip and I'll elaborate on that, but the acceptance part, because I feel like um, I deal with that still as a survivor and it's what I talk about a lot on my YouTube channel is accepting in the process. You know, a lot of times we're constantly fighting to say like, my body doesn't feel the way it used to, or, you know, my hair doesn't look the way it used to. These are very, you know, it seems very external, but to a cancer fighter and survivor, they're very personal, you know, our body, our hair, our -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. And so accepting that this is where I'm at right now, again, it, it can release a lot of the anxiety that surrounds being a cancer fighter and survivor. And it's one of my missions is what I would say too, for my channel is really to empower people. And so again, it's, it's, if we can accept that this is where I'm at right now, doesn't mean where I'm going to be forever. Then we can give ourselves power to know that we can do something about it and that we can heal from it. And so that is, that was one of my painful lessons is, is, is just, is, is that is accepting that, you know, right now I might not be where I want to be, but that with time and, and doing things to help myself, I, mm-hmm. I can, I can really thrive eventually. So that, I think that's a painful lesson for a lot of people. We really, really fight, you know, that I don't want to have cancer. I don't want to lose my hair. I want my energy back now. And it, that it's, if you really think about it, it's not a very natural way of being, you know, it, it creates anxiety that we, yeah. that we could release. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. Um, is anything that you have that will be a, uh, another value for our audience? Uh, yes, another value. Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Um, but what I've created on my YouTube channel is community. And I think that goes back to asking for help in many ways. I'm reminding people to ask for help, but being a part of a community where people can understand what you're going through and support you. I think it's really important. So some cancer centers have cancer support groups that you can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find me on my YouTube channel and I do two live streams a month where I welcome people to come on and they share their you know, concerns and their accomplishments. And it just gives a real sense of community to a very hard time in some people's lives. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, yeah. uh, and thank you for doing that because um, I think that again, goes back into the more people can hear from other people. Now, sometimes you got to be a little extra careful, right? Sometimes you hear a lot of negative things on those support groups and then just scare you more, right? It's like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, I'm not going to do this. And sometimes I have see patients that they make decisions based on what other people experience was. And Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily a good thing. So it's good for for you to hear as well the positive things, right? And not everybody is the same. You are not going to react to chemo the same way that somebody else does. You are not going to have the same effects that somebody else has. So you just have to really kind of like adapt to your own journey and try to modify things as you go, right? So it's important to really pay attention and not necessarily like make decision based on what other experience of other people are without a good medical advice. So I think that's important. So true. Such a good point. Um, yes. And so that's why I love listening to your podcast. I listened to a couple episodes already and they're healthcare professionals. They're getting a very research-based opinion. It was very valuable for me. And then, yes, on my community, on my YouTube, again, me being a healthcare provider, I'm very cautious about how I'm directing people. I'm not going to 
tell you to do something because I'm not a doctor, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you what's possible and all the tips I provide have all been research-based and I usually link them in the description of the videos. So yes, I agree. You don't want to go down the rabbit holes that the internet can provide sometimes, but, and that's also why I created my channel because I I felt like I was looking for something like this, especially Mm -hmm. something that was young and active when I was diagnosed. Yep. I wanted to see what was possible and not all the, you know, all the worst case scenarios of the journey. So I, I tried to create that and I think it provides inspiration and hope to a lot of people. Absolutely. And that's for sure. Um, how come uh, you kind of already mentioned about your YouTube channel and, and I will put a specific um, like the name and all that on the podcast um, description, but how can people find you? Yes, that's the best way right now. You can go straight to YouTube and just type in my name, Marina Blackford. And on my channel, you'll see community posts as to when the lives are. I continue to do a vlog and usually a tip video once a month. So the last one I just did was chemo hair. So tips on when you're going to lose it and when you're growing it back. Things that worked for me and other stuff I found that worked for people. So that's the best way. I'm also on Instagram at Marina Blackford. And um, I'm working on my life coach certification now so that I can work more one-on-one and also really I think I'm going to take that to a group coaching as well and so that'll be that'll be a you know coming coming soon awesome that's awesome um how about three books that you would recommend to our audience Yes, I loved this one. Uh, I admit I don't get time to read as many books as I used to. I'm a mom to two young kids, but I read read a couple recently. Uh, one by Jen Sincero, and you have to excuse the title, but it's "You Are a Badass." And <laughs> I, I was gifted this book from a friend, and I remember the title actually kind of threw me off because I'm like, "Oh, I already feel like I'm." I am fine. You know, yeah, I guess so. I am, um, you know, I have a planner. Of course I am. But, um, when, but reading her book was such an easy, fun read, but truly motivating. And I, I highly recommend it for anybody. It's literally like a life coach in your pocket. Okay. So it's, it's a great book. It's a New York times bestseller. Um, the second book I picked it up again, thinking of recommending it. And it almost brings me to tears every time, but it's Tuesdays with Maury by okay. Mitch album. Okay. It's in the 25th year uh, anniversary of the book. And so he just did uh, another podcast with Oprah on his book, but um, it's fantastic. Mitch album is a sports journalist turned writer. And he saw that his college professor was dying and um, he was, well-known. So it made the news. And so he, you know, had lost touch with him. So he gets back in touch with him and he visits him every Tuesday. And he wrote a book about visiting him and all the things that Maury had to share. Oh, wow. And Maury being in, being a professor just had a very unique way of educating people on the life of a dying man. And it is it is written so well. It is just a beautiful book. And so Tuesdays with Maury. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, the next book I thought of, it's been a while since I've read it, but it was good for me during my journey was Every Day I Fight by Stuart Scott. This was gifted to me during my cancer journey. And Stuart Scott was a well-known sports center um, anchor. And he had, a, I believe, a cancer of his appendix. And so he would succumb to his cancer after the, the book, 
but his writing is really powerful for what the journey can do for us, which is, you know, he's driving in a car with his teenage daughter and her friends and just taking them somewhere. And most parents wouldn't take in this moment, but when you have been told you have cancer, you absorb everything differently. And so his perspective on, on, on his cancer journey was amazing. So it's called every day I fight. Nice. Very nice. How about movies? Movies. Yes. Oh, one came immediately to mind. It came out on Netflix last year. It's called the swimmers. Okay. And I just looked, it's still on there. This had a four minute standing ovation at the Toronto film festival. It's a movie about two Syrian girls that are escaping their, their country in warfare. And it's based on a true story. And so they are swimmers and one is determined to go to the Olympics and it's her journey of fleeing from Syria, uh, you know, during turmoil and going to another country in their pursuit of, of just freedom. And it, it's so touching and it's, and, and I was a swimmer in high school, so I just appreciate that aspect of it. But I mean, the fact that it's a true story and you watch what they have to go through, to just have some peace in their life. It is very humbling. So the swimmers. Yes. I actually watched that movie and I totally agree. Great movie. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's like, I can't complain about it being 115 out in Arizona (laughs) right now because I'm in air conditioning, you know, (laughs) life will be okay. (laughs) Um, Yes. And a second movie, I'll just do two movies. The second movie I really uh, love is Eat, Pray, Love with Julia okay. Roberts. Okay. I don't know. And that's based, oh, it's fantastic. And that's based yeah. on the book by Elizabeth Gilbert. So it's her story as a writer of finding herself in her, I don't know. I think she's like mid thirties, but she's having a, you know, midlife crisis. She's, you know, finding herself divorced and she's a writer, but just feels totally unfulfilled in her life. And she decides to take a journey to Italy in India and Bali. So hence the eat, pray, and love part of the journey. She eats in Italy and she prays in India and she loves That's awesome. <laughs> and it is Julia Roberts, so you can't go wrong, but you exactly love. never, right? Yeah. Awesome. How about podcast? Podcast. Yes, I am a big fan of Jay Shetty. He has the number one health podcast and he just interviews some really great experts in the area of mind, body, and soul. He wrote a book called um, uh, Think Like a Monk. And so his podcast is great. He just really interviews some really great people. He just interviewed Ed Milet on there recently. And Ed Milet wrote a book about one more. If you can just do one, if you can just do one more, just one more little thing, one more day, you know, it's just, it's just very motivating. So Okay. Jay Shetty. Okay. Uh, second podcast. I am a fan of Oprah's Super Soul. Okay. I just again, she's always had fantastic interviews, and she just released a new series on her podcast called The Covenant of Water. Okay. About that book and author. So Oprah Super Soul, and the third one would be um, I listen to Mel Robbins because she's also just very motivating, and I'm just drawn to these writers. Mel Robbins was a writer, and so. She just has a very real and a very humorous way to motivate people. And okay. it starts with her method, the countdown from five. You count down from five to do something hard. You can't get out of bed, count down from five, you know, and it's just, 
And that's that's where you really need sometimes was the cancer patient, you know, and survivor and anybody that's going through like, you know, a lull in their life. So very motivating. Nice. I'm going to listen to that. I just, yeah, getting all these great ideas. I just don't have enough time to be able to. I know. I feel you. Books that you guys. I feel you. So, yeah. So has been one question that you wish I will have asked you and will you have answered it? Uh, one question, question. Um, it's a good question. I guess that the cancer journey doesn't end when the treatment ends. And I think a lot of people discover that, um, but don't know that when they start the journey and that's not to scare anybody. It's just to bring enlightenment to what we're uh, terming now a survivorship. And so a lot of people ask me, what do you do with the fear of cancer coming back? Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably that and chemo hair, (laughs) probably my number one (laughs) questions. And so again, that's where you find that finding a community or somebody you can talk to can be really good. My cancer center even provided, you know, a therapist that I could speak to on, you know, telehealth. And so I'm just trying to bring awareness to the feelings that you are going to feel, you know, cause I feel like we, we have to feel them to get through them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's survivorship that, and, and, um, in line with what you do, for example, I mean, I was done with treatment and a year later I would have courting happen under my armpit. And mm-hmm. it was so unusual to me and very scary to have pain under an armpit as a breast cancer yep. survivor. One, they're going to ultrasound it, make sure it's nothing. And it wasn't. And then it was very visibly courting. So they sent me to physical therapy, PT and OT at the cancer center. And I was in the hands of amazing people that just, you know, gently massage and educate you about movement and your body. And that was one year after I was done. So it's that kind of stuff that could happen Mm -hmm. that again, you know, I mean, we don't want it to happen, but if it can, if it happens to know that we can do something about it. Absolutely. Did yeah. you have, did you have physical therapy um, uh, right after your mastectomies? Were that offered to you? It was not offered to me. I sought it out after my double mastectomy. The first time mm-hmm. I ran a 5k, of course, <laughs> um, right before surgery, I'm like, I'm in between chemo and surgery. Let me just do this. And at that, it was a 5k that was supporting breast cancer. And so I met a physical therapist there and that okay. was her specialty. And I said, I'm going to contact you when awesome. I'm done. So mm-hmm. a month after my surgery, I did physical therapy with her okay. for about two to three months. And it is one of my number one tips for anybody that's going to have to do that kind of surgery is to have physical therapy. Okay. Great. Yes. Did, did they ever um, did like a surveillance program with you for like, like lymphedema surveillance, if they uh, remove any lymph nodes? Uh, again, after my first journey, and this was in 2015. So some time ago now they didn't, but I took it upon myself to explore my cancer center and find out there was a lymphedema specialist. So I did go there and, and she did do an assessment and taught me about the lymphatic massage okay. and, um, yes, but I did have to seek that out. I think they're better at connecting the dots now for people, but again, don't assume that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think they may be a little better at that now. And so my risk is low. I haven't had a lot of lymph nodes removed, but having any removed can put you at risk. So again, education is key. 
-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. You are so inspirational. You know, I have a patient who she is on her, I want to say she's on her 60s. And she is amazing. She is, she is, oh my God, I just slipped my mind. She's European. And I cannot think of the name right now. She'll listen to this and she'll kill me because I don't remember the name. <laughs> but anyway, so she um, was going through chemo and have the first chemo session. She had chemotherapy prior to surgery. And then it's like, well, I'm running the Donna Marathon in Jacksonville. And I'm like, you are not running the Donna Marathon next week <laughs> after your first session of chemo. What are you talking about? Just go walk it, right? Just walk. I'm not going to tell you not to run it. Just walk it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, fine. But you got to wash your blood counts. You got to be careful. No, she kind of have an infusion. I believe it was on Tuesday or Wednesday and the marathon was on Saturday. Oh my goodness. And then I'm like, so I'm like, okay, fine. You have my blessing to just walk it. If you can just maybe go a little bit faster, that's okay. <laughs> he comes back. She's like, I run it and I win it. And I'm like, oh my God. And she's now doing like, wow. she's doing like Iron Woman. Like she's wow. craziness now of like, you know, like yes. biking, swimming in the ocean. I mean, she's crazy. And she's on her amazing. like 60s. It's amazing. It's like, amazing. oh my God, you're just, just so inspirational. That's and something I'll I'll jump in because I don't want to forget. And I think that's a key word I want to mention too, is the mindset. Uh -huh. Now, not everybody's going to be like me or your other patient and run a marathon in the middle yeah. of treatment. But um, I think taking some of that mindset Yep. It's scientifically proven that if we are able to convince ourselves that we can do something, yep. we are better at doing it. And, yep. and so you, you really have to be willing to open your mind. And I'm a big fan. I say fake it till you make it to some people, you know, on this journey. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, just like write it down, like say today, I'm going to feel good today. I'm going to do one more thing better than I did yesterday, you know, or I'm going to swap one unhealthy thing today for something healthy. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's the little things that add up. And if we are constantly saying, no, I can't, I, I can't, I won't, then you're not going to. So you have to be willing to try. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that has been so amazing. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you. I will continue following your beautiful journey and, and oh, sending patience to your way, because I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, um, a lot of the people I work with is like, okay, like how, how you know that I'm going through this if you never had breast cancer before or any other kind of cancer, but I think that you guys bring such a great value of like, just go listen to this, go, you know, do this, read this book, do all those things that are going to be really very helpful, get into support groups, all those things. So we can just kind of get you through this journey. So I really appreciate oh, what you're doing. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a great evening. Thank you, Dearly.